Hi, it's Portia, and welcome back to Boundaries Plus. It has been a month, y'all. It's been a busy month. I have missed you. We've been busy with life, just lifing, work, family, friends. I was able to have some joy. I had an amazing girls' trip, uh, which I'll tell you about. Uh, Elections happened on Tuesday, which, as you can imagine, I had some things to say. (laughs) And, of course, people had some things in response to say, and we will go over all of that. But let's start off with some joy. Uh, this month, or October, I was able to celebrate my friend anniversary with Rebecca. You all probably know her as White Woman Whisperer on TikTok and other platforms. And that's how our friendship happened. Just kind of casually going through some things on TikTok and realized that October 22nd was our friend anniversary, one year of being friends and one year of developing this friendship and getting to know each other, being able to hang out, uh, doing these lives, which are essentially like FaceTime conversations and really being able to just build this beautiful, beautiful friendship. She has this amazing way of describing friendships made on TikTok. It's kind of like love is blind for friends. And I think it's perfect, right? We don't know much about the people that we're communicating with beyond what is presented to us and 15, 60 second or three minute clips might have a conversation in the comment section, but you don't really get to know somebody um, until you decide to take it offline. And that's something that we were able to do. And I honestly, for as much as I gripe about social media being accessible at times, I am forever thankful for it bringing her into my life. And I can't wait to see what, what comes next for us. We did a TikTok live conversation last weekend. If you missed it and you subscribe to my Patreon, you can find it there. It is also on White Woman Whisperer's YouTube channel. And if you go watch it there, please make sure that you subscribe to her channel while you are there. Another piece of joy to share with you is that we also took a girl's trip. So Rebecca and I um, met up with four other TikTok creators who are fantastic. I'm going to keep their names to myself just because I haven't asked them if I can share it yet. But if you follow my TikTok, you can see who it is. Um, If you follow my Instagram, you can see who it is. We had the best time. It was um, brought up kind of casually. I was in Chicago visiting Rebecca and I was like, let's go to New Orleans. And we built it out. I I messaged somebody else and she messaged somebody else. And next thing you know, tickets were bought and we're renting a house. And we had the most incredible time. And back to Rebecca's point about this being like love is blind for friendships. We did not know much about each other beyond our interactions on TikTok. You know, we comment with each other. We might've jumped in each other's lives. We might've had other conversations and and instant messages, but really it was getting to know each other on that trip. And when I say it's one of the best trips that I've taken in a very long time, I absolutely mean that. You know, six women that are essentially just meeting, sharing a house, going out of town. We had amazing food. We saw an amazing drag show. Uh, We walked up and down Bourbon Street. We danced on Bourbon Street. I might have twerked on a sign pole because, you know, why wouldn't I? It was a fantastic time. It was an absolutely great time. And um, I am so thrilled to have these four women that are now becoming closer and closer friends. And I'm excited to see with them as well, what we continue to do with friendship wise, how we built that up, how we continue to support each other and more trips coming up soon, because of course we would like to do this again. So I had some joy in October and, you know, I 
tell people all the time to protect your peace, protect your peace, protect your joy and chase your joy. And I am so thrilled that I get to follow my own advice and that I followed my own advice and I had the best time. That being said, the joy that has been shared, uh, let's talk about the elections. And I'm not going to dive deep into it. Um, The numbers are the numbers. We saw what they were. We saw the overwhelmingly um, expected yet still disappointing numbers of a certain demographic and how they voted and the frustration that came with that. The message that I gave about the frustration of numbers being seen um, specifically from white women, and there are some other women of color as well, but specifically from white women that voted heavily towards red. Let's just call it what it is. Republican, conservative thinking, um, voting against the policies that would be more about human rights, more about equity, more about justice. And when I say that it was not surprising, it's because we've been shown what to expect. And that, that phrase, I know it can be difficult to hear. I know that the first response is, but not me, but not me, but not me. But we have to base it off of what we have seen for centuries and centuries and centuries. And the disappointing part comes from what we saw from white women at the overturning of Roe versus Wade. At that point, it was all women need to come together. All women need to come together. We need you. What what can you do for us? What should we do? Lead us, guide us. At that moment, because the rights for white women were affected and in danger, now it was an overwhelming amount of listen to black women, trust black women, protect black women until it came to a point where it mattered because that's not what we saw. That's not what we saw. A lot of people are not one policy voter. A lot of people um, will say one thing and do something completely different behind closed doors, which they are well within their rights to do. There are a myriad of reasons why the vote, why the votes went the way that they did and why the election numbers came back the way that they did. But what I want to discuss are the varying levels of responses that I saw to me sharing data and to me sharing why black women specifically are having issues trusting white women and continue to have issues trusting white women. The first response, not the first, one that I saw a lot of is that I was creating division by talking about the actions that took place and that have been taking place, that I was making it worse, that I was disrupting the unity. I need to make it perfectly clear about any instance, somebody talking about the actions of a group of people towards another group of people does not division cause. The division is already there based off of the acts that have happened and continue to happen. If you get upset about hearing about it, that is not division that is discomfort in hearing what you have been complicit in because silence is violence and silence is complicity. You have to speak out if you are not one of the people that's perpetuating the harm. 
I saw that. So I see it often. Although I, I do anti-racism education. Of course, I hear that. You're creating division. You're creating division. You're the racist one. You're the hateful one. It is not hateful and it is not divisive to discuss the actions of a group of people that are causing harm towards another group of people that not only places the responsibility in the wrong place, it takes all responsibility and all accountability away from the group that's causing harm. And we end up in a cycle. If you don't want to hear about it, then it is dismissed. It's tossed aside. It's not discussed at all. And what happens is the people, the group of people that are causing harm are left to keep causing harm. They become like children in a candy store on Christmas Eve, just running around, running amok, causing chaos because nobody wants to talk about what's happening. It has to be discussed. That was one, that was one version. It was one variety of response that I received. The next one that I received or another one that I saw was not me. It's not me. I'm part, I'm part of the 26% that voted blue. I'm part of the, I'm not, I'm beige. You can't count me with them. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was like watching the lyrics of a Shaggy song in my comments, right? The, the very much, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. And while again, if it's not you, that does not mean that that negates you or that does not mean that it pulls you away from needing to speak out about it. We understand that it's not you. Telling us that it's not you doesn't do anything for the people that are still causing harm. You spending all of that time telling the group that is being hurt that it wasn't you, that it wasn't you, begging for that absolution essentially, making sure that everybody knows that you are not the one causing harm does nothing to stop the harm that's still happening. It is entirely possible and it's absolutely necessary to not be part of the harmful behavior, but still need to call in your peers that you see are causing harm. If your inner circle is not doing it, outstanding. That means that you have found a group of people, a group of like-minded people to be around that know that perpetuating harming is another group is not necessary and is not kind. That does not mean that there are not people in your work, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your churches, in your other social networks that might spread out a little bit further to people that are just acquaintances. The call is always coming from inside the house. It is important to listen to that call instead of running away from it. Even if it's not you, it is still your peers and you are responsible for reaching out to your peers to help stop the onset and the, con the constant harm that is being perpetuated. We know it's not you, but what do you plan to do about the people that look like you that are doing it? Your accountability goes beyond just yourself. Your accountability goes beyond just yourself because fixing just you does nothing for anybody other than just you. Moving into the next example, a lot of the, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed to be white. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have talked before and I, I think I've mentioned it probably on an episode, if not somewhere on a post, an apology without action is merely words. An apology for the behavior of others is an act of futility. 
an apology without action stops at the words, I'm sorry. To apologize to a group of people, to apologize to a group of people being harmed for the behavior of other people doesn't do anything for us. And that might sound weird, but telling us that you're sorry doesn't help. The pain's going to keep happening. We're going to keep feeling the oppression. We're going to keep feeling the, the anger, the resentment, the violence that's coming towards us. None of that will stop. Your apologies do not stop that. And the I'm sorry that's being said is a way to assuage your guilt, not our pain. The apology that you're giving on behalf of somebody else is to assuage your guilt and not the pain and the harm that the person that you're apologizing to is feeling. You do not need to apologize for us or to us. You don't need to apologize to us for other people's behavior. That's not necessary. The pain's there. The pain is there and it, it's been there for centuries. It's been there for the, the, our existence. We know it's there. And, and that's why we find ways to thrive outside of that. We don't need you to apologize. We need you to move into action. And a good challenge is for every I'm sorry that you want to say for the behavior of somebody else, go find that somebody else that you know, that you know is perfectly okay with behaving in a harmful and violent way and call them in or call them out. What is more valuable to us is seeing effective change and action. What is more valuable to us is seeing the effort to cause some sort of systemic change that is going to greatly affect the world. So going over it again, when you apologize for somebody else's behavior, it is to assuage your guilt and to not relieve any actual pain from the group that you are harmed, that's being harmed. Moving next into you are right not to trust us. And this is getting to that point where this response is letting me know that there, there isn't a, a step towards some action, acknowledging why that trust is there and also acknowledging that it is not a personal attack on anybody. Making the statement of you are not right to trust us lets me know that you are taking the situation seriously, but not personally. You are recognizing the relevancy of the topic, but not making it personal. Because you recognize that a statement can be made, a broad statement about a broad demographic, and within that demographic, there are people that are not lining up to that statement, that are not living up to that statement, that are not doing the actions that are causing harm. So you recognize that it's happening and you recognize why the, the harmed group is responding the way that they are. So if you are saying that we're right not to trust you, if you can recognize that, my, my challenge, my invitation, my action item for you is take it a step further. If you know why we don't trust you, if you know why the lack of trust is there, then explain it. That it's that each one teach one, each one reach one mentality. Explain it to somebody else. Start with the person that's apologizing heavily. Start with that person. Let them know, hey, 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 hey. Th that group knows. That group knows what's going on. And I understand that you're sorry, but that's not for them. That is not for them to hear. Let's talk about why the trust is gone. Move it off to the moving on to the, the the group of people that say it's not me. I am not like them. 
hey, I know it's not you. I know we're like-minded. That group doesn't need to know that it's not you. Let's talk about why that distrust is there and let's talk about what we can do to eradicate it. And then you take it a step further and you go back to you causing division. Hey, nobody's causing division. I see the lack of trust. I understand why it's not there. I, I understand why it's not there. And it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with responses like the one that you're giving. Take the responsibility and the accountability out to where it belongs. You recognize why the distrust is there and that's good. Now with that knowledge, share it with your demographic to get more people to your mindset, to get more people to your understanding that it is in fact a very serious and a very relevant discussion, but it only needs to be taken personally if you are personally perpetuating the acts of harm. And that kind of rounds out to um, the, the, the responses that I did see. And I want to acknowledge that there were some responses of people that were gathering their peers, gathering their peers. Uh, one of the things that makes me want to keep doing this is seeing people get it, right? Seeing people understand, seeing people decolonize their thinking, seeing people unlearn what they've been taught, seeing people recognize these systems of oppression that are in place that need to be dismantled, eradicated, destroyed. And what they're doing is when they see it in action, when they see somebody that looks like them, when they see somebody that is doing what they might've even used to do, they are gathering them up quickly. They're saying, hey, let's take this offline. Hey, let's you and I talk about this. Let's take this away from the person that's explaining what's going on. Let's take this away from the person that is part of their group that's being harmed. And let's, let's take it over here and let's discuss and let's see what we can do. That is peer work, that is community work, that is recognizing, again, your North Star, recognizing what group you are working for, what under, uh, what marginalized group that you're working for. I, I, I paused there because I had a conversation, marginalized is the word I'm trying to get away from and I'm still playing around with what to go with, but we'll, we'll use marginalized for now. But what marginalized group that you are fighting for and how do we make sure that we continue to fight for them that we take our stuff and get it out of the way we get our ego out of the way we get um, our self-centeredness out of the way and we recognize that we got to where we got to because of what we were taught but that does not mean that we have to stay where we are and that is so important for anybody that's doing anti-oppressive, excuse me, anti-oppression work, anti-racism work, any work that you're fighting for another group. You have to remember that you got to where you are because of what you were taught. I said it before, we, we don't get to control what we are taught as children, but as adults, we have to make the conscious decision, the conscious and actionable decision to unlearn that and decolonize that. So when you are talking to your peers, you can in those spaces say, I was where you were. I thought the same thing. I said the same thing. I did the same thing. All of that. It's what I was taught. It's what I thought to be true. I took the time to decolonize my thoughts. I took the time to unlearn what I was taught. I took the time to think critically and listen to what is being told to me by the people that are experiencing the harm, by paying attention to what's going on around me, and by learning to recognize what it looks like to support, to protect, and to care about somebody beyond me 
and somebody beyond my demographic. It can be done. I've seen it done. The biggest takeaway that I got from the responses with the election was a lot of immediate just guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of frustration, a lot of denial. That's more than one thing that I took away, but a lot of very big feelings. And if all of those big feelings were combined and paid attention to and recognized, I'm feeling this way because of ongoing oppression, because of ongoing systemic racism, homophobia, transphobia, uh, the, the, the uh, takeaway of reproductive rights, the taking away of bodily autonomy, all of these things. And I have all of these feelings about them. If I take all of these feelings and I put them into action, imagine the change that can happen. Imagine. It's so important. It is important to step beyond yourselves. It's important to sit in those initial moments. I will never say to ignore the feelings that come up because that does nothing for anybody. You can't ignore what you're feeling, but you also can't sit in them. Recognize the feelings, acknowledge them and move through them and move into action move into action. They do not have to keep you stuck. They don't have to keep you stuck in causing and, and accusing somebody of causing division by talking about the actions. They don't have to keep you stuck and saying, not me, not me, not me. They don't have to keep you stuck in this apologetic tone that does no good. They don't have to keep you stuck. At the end of the day, we're doing the best that we can. But the best that we can looks differently for everybody. You have to decide where you want to see change. Do you want to see change just for you? Do you want to see change just for your family? Do you want to see change just for your community? Or do you want to see change for the entire world? It might sound lofty. It might sound like a dream and, and a fairy tale. But the fact of the matter is, it can happen. It can happen. Be prepared for pushback. Be prepared for people calling you stupid, saying that there's no point in doing any of it, saying that, that what you're doing is ridiculous calling you all sorts of names for even thinking to do something beyond you. Be prepared for that. But what I can tell you that on the other side of that is a community of people that have taken all of those big feelings and moved them into action. And that community is powerful. Find it, build your own if you can't find one, but find it, create it, curate it, and see what you can do, see what type of change you can cause. Those are my feelings about midterm elections. Those are, those are my feelings about the responses to my comments about the midterm elections. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, we have a lot of work to do and, um, and a lot of change needs to happen and it can happen. And I, I'm going to acknowledge that this was a big episode. I'm going to acknowledge that there's a lot of things that were discussed, a lot of heavy things that were discussed. And I'm going to remind you all again and give you this invitation to take everything that I have said, to take everything that is happening currently, to take it very seriously, but to not take it 
personally. If you are in the process of unlearning, if you are in the process of decolonizing, you are in the process. It is going to be bumpy. It is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to feel different. But that means that you're feeling something. That means that you are not complacent to what's happening. That means that you have not just decided to let the status quo stay the same. Thank you for listening. I also want to give, I, I use the word decolonize a lot and I want to give credit to Rebecca for that. We had a conversation and um, you all might remember that I've used deconstruct a lot in the past, deconstruct your thinking, deconstruct your learning. And she made a beautiful point that deconstructing means that it has to be completely torn down. And that's not the case. We need to decolonize what we've been taught because the core of what, we're, what we need to do and what we're doing is there. We just need to find ways to make it effective make it systemically effective. So thank you for listening. I'm going to invite you all to uh, sit with the feelings that might have came up from this episode. I want to invite you to journal as much as you need to write about it, talk about it. If you have a community group put together, if you have a peer group put together, talk through it. Do not let these feelings sit and get you stuck again. Talk about them, work through them. And let's see what we can do together. I love you all. Make sure to stay extra hydrated. And I will see you all in podcast land soon.